that in quite a while, right? Uh, this morning, with the new series, is going to be a six-week series called Advance. And we're thinking about, specifically, what God is calling us to do as a church. And one of the things I'm thinking about when it comes to this particular series is we live in an age of information. There's so much information at our fingertips, whether it's on our phones, TV and news, podcasts, videos, newspapers, magazines, books. Sometimes we can feel like it's information overload. How many ever feel that way? Just too much, all the time, constantly. Now with all that information flying around, some of it is true, some of it is untrue, some of it's just not true, it's just completely false. And it's easy to lose sight on what's most important in life. Or it's also easy to redefine what you think is important based on all of this wealth of information that you're getting, some good and some bad. Now based on statistics, uh, uh, being a regular attender at church has changed where it used to be you would be there several times a week, to now it's more along the lines of once per month to make you a regular attender. Now, what's really important to spiritual growth in building the kingdom of God is being crowded out by the things of life, the things that are key, the things that should be most important and prioritized as believers and followers in Christ has taken a back seat because all of these other things are screaming for our attention. Now, as the terms of what it means to be a regular church attender has been redefined, church membership has also been redefined or watered down, where we no longer really understand what it means to be a biblical church member. And I stress the word biblical church member. Now my question as I was thinking through this is how are we going to advance the kingdom on a once per month basis? I'm sorry Lord, the time was just too inconvenient for me. Or I needed the money. Or I just didn't have time. I was thinking about this this morning. What would happen if the NFL teams said, you know what, you can just two Sundays a month. Show up the two Sundays a month for a game and you're still a part of this team and we're going to win. But you see, in order to advance, we would need to recommit to the principles of what it means to be a true follower of Christ. And those principles don't come from magazine articles or other things. We want those principles to be solidly founded on God's word because that's what we choose to follow. That's our rule book. In a, in a sense, it's our playbook, actually, for the way that we move forward and advance in God's kingdom, and advance his kingdom, and to grow his kingdom. So what is it to be a true follower of Christ, and what does it mean to take care of the bride, the church, that he died for? Now, a lot of the things that I'm going to be speaking about in these next six weeks are from a book called I Am a Church Member by Tom Rainer. So I just want to make sure I give credit. But a lot of the things that are spoken, are it's a very great book, it's a small book. But it helps us to identify what scripture teaches about what it means to be a member of a church. 
Now I'm going to start with a tale that maybe some of you might recognize. Maybe you've been there. Maybe I could just very easily insert your name into the story. It's called A Tale of Two Church Members. Michael and Liam began meeting for Monday morning breakfast at 6 o'clock over five months ago. They originally thought it would be a one-time event because they met at a couple's Bible study group in their church, and for many different reasons, they headed off, they hit it off, and they were good friends. When Michael originally invited Liam to breakfast on a Monday morning several months ago, Liam agreed. Sounded like a great time. The two men readily enjoyed their time together, and their one-time event became a weekly event. They continued to meet together. And it was now rare that this two didn't meet on a Monday morning. It just became part of their practice. And early in their friendship, the conversations focused on family and sports, politics. They had much in common. Michael was 41 and Liam was 39. They each had three kids, and they both were college football fans. Their teams were in the same conference, but they were pretty fierce rivals, so they had fun giving it to one another. A little bit of trash talking going on. Not that we never do that here, of course. <laughs> and the guys, so they enjoyed the trash talking back and forth in a friendly spirit, as we also do. But on this particular Monday morning, the conversation turned serious. Michael and his wife had noticed some changes in the of Liam in their Bible study group. He no longer seemed interested in studying and discussing the Bible as he did talking about the church. And his comments were often critical about the congregation where the two families both were members. Still, Michael was caught off guard. Liam moved, and Liam loved the poached eggs at this little restaurant and his cup of coffee. That was his regular order. But this Monday morning, he didn't touch them, and he barely sipped that cup of coffee. Liam didn't take long to get to the point. Michael, he began, Lena and I have decided to leave the church. The pause seemed like minutes. Neither of the men seemed to know who should speak next. Michael took the initiative and spoke softly and deliberately. You want to tell me about it? Michael inquired. He honestly didn't know if Liam wanted to say any more about it. His friends seemed resolute. Nevertheless, Liam began to explain his feelings and his decision. Lana and I want to go to the, went to the church to learn deep truths about the Bible, Liam offered. But Pastor Robert is just not feeding us. We're not getting anything out of his messages. Sitting in the service on Sunday morning is just a waste of time. Michael didn't respond. He could tell that Liam had more to say. There are several great people in the church, Liam continued. You and Karen are the best, and there are a few more like you. He paused, and his facial expression became even more serious. But honestly, Michael, our church is full of hypocrites. I'm going to pull one of my former pastors here. It's okay. There's room for one more. Did you hear Jim at the kids' basketball game? He embarrassed me the way he was screaming at the refs. What kind of testimony is that for a Christian? And of course, everyone knows about Neil. He was supposedly the pillar of the church. And we find out he's been cheating on his wife for over a year. What kind of church is this with these kinds of people? Neil was angry, but controlled as he continued to vent. 
look, Pastor Robert acts like he cares for us, but I'm not sure he does. I told him that Lena's dad was in the hospital for hernia surgery and never visited him. And Michael knew that Lena's father was not a church member and he didn't think he wanted to pray. He also knew that Pastor Robert called and had prayer with him over the phone. But he also knew that any rebuttal would not be appreciated at the moment. Michael held his tongue. Now it seemed that Liam's mild rant was winding down and Lena seemed exhausted, ready to bring this conversation to a close. He did, however, offer a few pointed comments and two Michael Liam began softly. I really like you and Karen and your kids. All of you are a class act in college curriculums. But you seem enthused about the church. You keep serving and contributing. Don't take me wrong, but I wonder if at times you are blind to all the problems in the church. Then Liam offered a closing that really spoke more than he realized. We really are two different types of church members, he stated. Why is that? This morning, maybe some of you have been a part of a conversation, something like that, with someone at some moment in time. So what's the difference? What makes one church member contribute and continue to be a part, even though he recognizes it's not perfect? And another person to only see all the negative that's happening in the church. Now, based on research of 557 churches, Nine out of every ten churches are dealing with, uh, actually are dealing or growing at a pace that is slower than the growth of communities. So what that's saying is that churches are often losing ground in their own backyards. Generationally, when we think about this, we see that 66% of the builder generation, those born before 1946, are Christians. Only 15% of millennials Now, we can blame it on secular culture, and we often do. We can blame it on our godless politics in our nation, and we do that as well. We can even blame it on the churches, the hypocritical members, the uncaring pastors. Lots of, lots of Christians also do that. But we as the church need to look in the mirror. Churches are weak because many of us have lost the biblical understanding of what it means to be part of a body of Christ. We join our churches expecting others to serve us, to feed us, and to care for us. We don't like the hypocrites in the church, but we fail to see our own hypocrisy. God did not give us the local church to become country clubs, where membership means that we have privileges and perks. He placed us in a church serve, to care for others, to pray for leaders, to learn, to teach, to give, and in some cases to die for the sake of the gospel. Many churches are weak because we have members who have turned the meaning of membership upside down. It's time to get it right. It's time to become the church member as God intended us to be. It's time to give rather than be so over the next several weeks, we're going to go on a journey together. And that journey is to either discover for the first time, if you've never heard anything like this before, or rediscover the privilege and the joy of being a member of a church. And the goal here, in order to advance, is for us to be a unified church. 
Because when we become unified, there's church help, and we can have greater impact in our community and the world around us. So the first thing that we would talk about here is, I will be a functioning church member. See, one of the first things that we think about when you hear the word membership today, when we think of our experience at maybe a, a club or a gym, you know, we think of gym memberships that often start really well in January and people keep paying for it, and then by May, maybe, they never go again, but the gym keeps collecting the money. We may think of things like Privileges and perks you get as a credit card member. For 18% interest, you can get 2% back. Great deal. Capital One wants to know what's in your wallet. You say, none of your business. <laughs> American Express had this campaign in the 80s. I was trying to find a good commercial. It just wasn't very clear. It didn't show up very clear. I wanted to show you the video. But where they stated, membership has its privileges. We think of a gym membership, we might think of a country club where you pay the going rate and uh, you two get the same privileges as everyone else as a club member. And sometimes this creeps into the church, and sometimes not even intentional. It just kind of happens. They, this is my church, so they have to play music the way that I want. Or if you don't do this program, I'm going to withhold my check from the church. Listen, Pastor, remember who pays your salary. I've been a member of this church for over 30 years, and so I have a right to get what I want. I don't pay good money to this church to listen to sermons that long. I'm working on it. Here's something that makes a, a pastor feel warm and fuzzy. We were here before you got here, and we will continue to be here when you leave. Comments like this reflect an unbiblical view of membership and also an unbiblical view of what it means for a pastor to lead a church. You know, because that's the view of this is a higher hand, and if you don't do what I want, you're out the door. We're going to be here long after you. The other side of it, the biblical view, is that I'm a shepherd. Shepherd over people. God's holding me responsible for this church, to lead this church, and to lead the people in this church. And so that's the biblical thought of what it means to be a member, and also what it means to be a church leader or a pastor. The calling that God has placed on my life. So with that unbiblical view of membership, this is that mentality of giving, or receiving actually, rather than giving, being served rather than serving, rights instead of responsibilities, and entitlements instead of sacrifices. So this view sees tithes and offerings as membership dues instead of gifts to God. So an application. You see, membership means that we have all of the necessary parts to make us whole. Scripture gives us a clear picture of membership. But whenever I think of membership and I think of the body of Christ, I think of Mr. Potato Head. Because you have this form, right, of a body, and then you put all the parts on there, 
and you get the arm, and you get the leg, you get the eyes, and you get the lips, and you start taking pieces away, and you just have a potato. <laughs> but when you think of Mr. Potato Head, he needs all of his parts to work and function. And he's just holding his feet. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 through 14, Paul explains the metaphor of the church as being a body with many members. A body with many members. And in 1 Corinthians 13, he established love as a central attitude and actions that all members should have. 1 Corinthians 14, he does return. You might remember that he was preaching to a pretty messed up church in Corinth. All kinds of stuff going on. If you read through 1 Corinthians and 2 Corinthians, if you've never read through that, you're going to read that more. I never knew that was in the Bible. <laughs> Messed up relationships going on there. It's like, But the first thing we need to know is that membership is very biblical. You know, someone say, well, all I need is me and Jesus. I don't need the church. I would challenge that as a First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 27 through 28. It says, all of you together are Christ's body. It's hard to be together if you're alone. All of you together are Christ's body. And each of you is a part of it. You can't be a part of yourself. Here are some of the parts God has appointed for the church. Here are the parts that God has appointed. So members of a church comprise the whole, and all of them are essential parts of the whole. Members are individual parts of the body. Some of us are eyes. Some of us are ears. Some of us are feet. Some of us are hands. This is why Paul concludes, for we as the body for as the body is one and has many parts, and all the parts of that body, though many, are one body, so also is Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. So, membership means that we are different, but we still work together. We're different, but we still work together. <clears throat> Country club membership means you pay others to do the work for you. With church membership, everyone has a role or a function. Everybody participates in one way or another. We are all different, but necessary parts of the whole. There's such a beautiful diversity in the midst of unity. We can be different and still be unified. And the Bible makes it clear that if one part does not do its job, the whole body does not function well. One part. If there's one part missing, the body isn't functioning. But if one part does its job well, the whole body rejoices. We rejoice together when we see God at work. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. We pray for one another. That's what the prayer time is on Tuesdays. That's what those prayer request cards are for. We pray here. If anybody's welcome to come, by the way. We pray here at 9.30 before service starts. And we gather here around this altar together. We serve love and we pray over the Membership means everything we say and do is based on a biblical foundation. 
Now, most Bible readers will speak publicly of 1 Corinthians 13, commonly known as the love chapter. It is preached, it is stated at weddings, it's used by husbands to declare their love for their wife and vice versa. You may have used it this past Friday for Valentine's Day. It's preached to demonstrate a fuller meaning of agape or unconditional love, 1 Corinthians 13. And there's nothing wrong with using that chapter in these contexts, but its original meaning was to demonstrate how church members are to function within a church and how they are to love one another in the church. One of the things that the, the author stated here in this book called I Am a Church Member, he said that 1 Corinthians 13 should be read at every church or business meeting. Because if we can abide by the principles of 1 Corinthians 13 in the love chapter for one another, we would have completely healthy churches. It would be a revolution. He would say it would be a revival in the church. So what, is, what are those uh, scripture passages? We're going to read verses 4 through 5. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not conceited. Other versions will say proud. It does not act improperly. It is not selfish. It is not provoked. And does not keep a record of wrongs. of these two verses alone are sufficient that a revival could happen just if we follow that <coughs> See, we're not to love the fellow church members just because they're lovable. They're We're not to pray for and encourage our pastors just when they're doing the things that we like. We're to pray for and encourage them when they're doing things We're not to serve the church only when others are joining in. We're to serve the church even if you are alone. Church membership is founded on love. Authentic, biblical, unconditional love for one another. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. It is not boastful. It is not conceited. It does not act improperly. It is not selfish. It is not provoked. Church membership is functioning membership. You know how to remain a member of a country club? You pay your dues. That's how it works. You do that, you do that, people will be available to serve you. Don't do that person. You know how to remain a biblical member of a church? You give abundantly and you serve without hesitation. You give abundantly and you serve without hesitation. Note the word biblical. See, sure, you can remain on the rolls of many churches and never show up or give. You can remain an active member in any other churches by being a CEO Christian. Revered member in a church by giving a large sum of money each year without giving them a of service. 
if this approach is man-made, it's man-centered, it's man-made, biblical membership gives without qualification that these, these ties and offerings are joyous giving. Biblical membership serves and ministers as a natural way of doing that. That's just who we are. Many of you have heard of the 80-20 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Now, this is not necessarily a scientific study, but last week, Dan Rogers, looking out east, took the soundings, took a look at our congregation, and counted them out. He calculated, based on last week's attendance, if you're here or not here last week, just throw it off a little bit. But based on last week's attendance, 68% of our people. 68%. And these are being here. Yeah. That's, That's something we're celebrating. And if you're to look at just those that are official members, it's only Why? Because you understand that membership is about serving without First Corinthians 12, Paul uses the metaphor of the body to speak of the church. And he did so for two primary reasons. One is the body is a unified whole. The church is to be unified in its mission, in its purpose, in its ministries, and its activities. And second, not only unified, it is made up of many parts. So it's unified, it's all together in one body, but their parts are all different in the way that they function. I'm going to read 1 Corinthians 12, 12 to 26. I talked a little bit about this this morning. It says, The human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some of us are Gentiles, some are slaves, some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I have not a hand, that does not make, any, make it any less part of the body. And if the ear says, I'm not a part of the body because I'm not an eye, would that make it any less part of the body? And I used to teach this to our student, um, student ministry. I always pictured it this way. Somebody walking around that's just nothing but an eye. No feet, but nothing else. Just, just an eye. How good is that going to be? How beneficial is that going to be? Or maybe you just have feet walking around. With no hands, and no eyes. And they don't know where they're walking. You know? Or you think, oh, just, just a hand. What good is a hand going to be crawling on the ground? That's kind of creepy. It's kind of like, it's a, I'm certain that little hand in the box. You know? Yeah, Adam's hand. That's what it was. The little hand in the box. It's kind of creepy. What benefit is that going to be for anybody? We're all part of the body. Let me continue here. Sorry, I got sidetracked. Uh, verse 17 If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if the whole body were an ear, how would you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts, and God has put each part just where He wants it. 
How strange a body would be if it only had one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. The head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen. While the more honorable parts do not require the special care, so God has put the body together so that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members, so that all the members care for each other. Verse 26, if one part suffers, all parts suffer with it. So many parts of a Mr. Potato Head. The foot, the hand, the eye, the ear, the nose. And each of these parts are supposed to function. The foot is to walk, the hand is to grasp and to hold. The ear is to hear, and the eye is to see, the nose is to smell. And we as members are all supposed to function somewhere in the church. I don't know if you're a hand or an eye or a toe. Maybe you do. But the concept of an inactive church member is an oxymoron. Because biblically, no such church member really exists. That's why it's important to know our gifts and abilities so that we can use them to serve God. Now, the fact that there is so much diversity in the church brings strength. I'm going to use an example from one of the things for me as a pastor, and one of the things I continually come back to is how do we reach people for Christ? Because for me, it's all about people. There's a lot of importance there. But there's also other, other things that factor in, aren't there? There's other things we have to think about. And I'd say my gifting and my leaning would be more towards someone else here in the church that, that looks at the facilities. Douglas and I had this conversation this week. There's more than facilities. There's, you know, there's things that we need to do with the facility to keep the good students and God things. Are both of those things important? Are both of those things necessary? Yes. Well, what's my thing? I think I need more towards you. And there might be some of you that would be on, on the other side that would lean towards how are you going to take care of the time here? Both of One's a foot, but both are needed. Both of those things need to happen. So everyone should have a role, and we may look a little bit different, but we need it all. We need all pieces of our one piece. We can't walk around with just one piece of our But we can't be eye and nose and eye. We need it all. See, we all have different gifts and abilities, and so So one ongoing question we should ask ourselves is, how can I best serve the church? And never ask yourself if you should serve the church. So this morning you'll notice on the back of your worship guide, okay, this is just step one. 
a little play. This doesn't make your dream work or anything. And it's, by the way, kind of a, something that you can take a look at and say, you know what? I want to agree to this for our church because I want to share church experience. This is step one of the six week series, but it says this. First pledge, just you know, just to give you a little function in here. Um, what we're talking about is being a biblical church member. This is what God spoke about as being a biblical church member is. And this is how God designed it for his church. So you're committing here according to this. I like the metaphor of membership. It's not membership as a civic organization or a country club. It's a kind of membership given to us in 1 Corinthians. Now you are the body of Christ and individual members of it. Because I am a member of the body of Christ, I must be a functional member. I will give, I will serve, I will minister, I will evangelize, I will study, I will seek to be a blessing to others. I will remember that if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Just the first step of thinking, you know what? If I want to see this church advance, I need to be a member. And it becomes us saying, okay, I'm going to commit to see what God is going to do here in this place. And it's not going to happen magically. What happens to these people who are called and they function the way that they're called to function? I want to make again this clear that signing this does not make you a church member. You still need to sign up for membership classes, and if you want to do that, on the back of a card, just write out commit to church membership classes. We'll give you a checkbox for it. Send that in, and we'll get that started with a little bit more on that. But it's just saying, you know what? I I understand. I mean, we need to understand what it means to be a church member. Sign me up for that. Before becoming a church member, it's important that there be a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the head of the church. That's where it all begins. Now this is going to sound really weird. My dream, I was sharing my faith with Patrick Mahomes from the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know where it came from. Randomly out of nowhere. He was struggling because he thought that the Christian faith was about doing and not doing things. This is just my thinking. I'm saying this is reality. This is my thinking. And he started walking into a building that had a revolving door. I said to him, living in a world of do's and don'ts or living in a world of sin is like walking around in circles and a revolving door that has been closed off. You keep moving forward with your effort, but you're going nowhere. You're just going in a circle. There's no advancement. 
then when you try to undo what you did or did not do, or you try to undo your sin without effort, or with your own effort, you try to go backwards in that door. Where does it get you? The same place. You keep circling in that same place. No advancing, no undoing. Relationship with Jesus Christ, and you ask Jesus into your life, into your life, He opens the door and things change. You no longer have to continue spinning in that revolving door, trying to do it in your own strength, in your own ability. He brings freedom, and you're no longer working in that circle. You now can change your faith. Not in your effort. No longer bound by sin to continue in circles as you try to fix your sin problem. The sin problem has already been taken care of. Provide a new gate to control of your life through Jesus Christ and allow Him to bring freedom to His rights. the cycle. You're living in a cycle of sin and you're trying to fix it yourself. You just keep going around and keep going around and keep going around and you're not changing. Christ is not changing the cycle. He's already destroyed. Father, I thank you for your word today. Father, that we would be challenged by your word. Because if your word just tells us everything that we want to hear, what good is that? We would be challenged this morning if we would just continue in the same people, in the same circle, going through the same cycle. There's no change that's going to happen. And your word is challenging us to a good What it means to be a portable body. What it means to give of ourselves. And so, Lord, I pray that you would challenge us to step up so that we can advance your kingdom. It's not about advancing us or our name. But it is about advancing your kingdom. And Lord, as you challenge us, there may be some in here this morning that would say, I can identify with that cycle that I've been in. Either I've thought my faith is all about what I do or don't do, and I just continue there, not living freedom, but continuing in that cycle of trying to do it in my own efforts, in my own strength, in my own good deeds, and I keep finding myself in the same place. Or there's a cycle of sin in our lives that we just continue in that same place, going in a circle because we haven't allowed Christ to truly free us. We haven't 
would say this morning, Pastor Doug, I relate. I've been in that cycle, and I need Christ to set me free. I need to accept Christ in my life. I need to give myself to Him today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, we're just going to ask you to raise your hand if you want. Is there anyone here that would say that? Lord, I thank you for bringing me here, Lord God, to lead me. Because I do believe you have greater things for this church, and you want your kingdom to advance. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us, that you would challenge us, Lord, to step up to what a biblical view of membership is. And as we begin to do that, we see you unifying us. We see you using every part of the body to fully function and to do all that you've called us here in this body. We know we can't do that with just a half commitment. But we know it's going to take more than that to gain territory for your kingdom. Challenge us in that this week. Help us to grow and help us to commit to you and commit to your church and your body. We thank you for all that you're doing. And I thank you for every person here. 